Good morning, Anna, and how are you this morning? Good morning to you both, and good morning to all the listeners. I'm great, thank you. Anna, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. I'm just going to jump in there. I have tried to get Anna on this show for the last few months, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and I, I feel I feel like I was almost reaching stalker status, so <laughs> I let her go for a while. Oh, I'm <laughs> um, so glad I'm here finally. <laughs> I'm so glad that you could. I completely understand. I mean, you were, you know, mid vintage, of course. So let's. Um, should we yeah. just start there? How how has the recent vintage, you know, how's it how's it come to fruition? Yeah, it's been. Um, I must say, it's been a challenging one after a couple of um, fabulous vintages in twenty and twenty one. But mm. I think we sort of, as with the rest of Australia, we had a really cool summer. So that made for a very prolonged ripening period for the grapes. Um, which means that the, the grapes are containing quite a high amount of, of acid. So for us, that mm. was a little bit balancing act as they matured on the vine with acid and sugar. But I'm really happy with how they've come about. And when things are cool like that, it means that um, the wines have lovely structure and then very delicate aromas and flavours. So, yeah, I'll be pretty, pretty keen to see how they evolve over the next six to 12 months. Well, I'm I'm very keen to uh, to give them a try, and um, I think I would dare say most people in the wine world would be quite uh, au fait with the poorly wines, and uh, <laughs> especially your Pinot Noir and Riesling. So, um, so I, I dare say they're looking pretty fantastic. What else are you doing? Are you doing still doing some Gewurz? You're doing some Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, any of those? Oh, look, we're having lots of fun. Um, we've definitely got, uh, yeah, we're definitely famous for more Riesling and Pinot Noir historically, but mm. our Chardonnays are getting a, a, a great following. Um, we have um, our own homegrown Syrah as well, which is fantastic up at our Kuinda Valve now. So very cool climate, but very intense and a very structured wine, so quite delicious. Um, the Gewurz Tremina as well, um, Pinot Gris. So, and then we're sort of making various iterations of the Chardonnay and the Pinot Noir as well. So... Um, stay tuned for some some releases from them as well. Anna, let's talk Tasmanian Syrah slash Shiraz. So, of course, the yeah. Glates of Dixon won the Jimmy Watson a few years ago. Was that sort? Of, I know there's been Shiraz there for a while, but did that kind of help? And and do you think it's are you sort of future proofing for warmer, or you just like growing Shiraz? What's the deal? Oh yeah, it's a great story actually. And um, yeah, this particular little little um, wine that Nick made from um, the Syrah, uh, part of it came from our vineyard. So Aye. of course, when um, my husband and I just <laughs> moved back, it was like right, we're not selling that to Nick anymore. Yeah, keep that one. <laughs> so um, we we progressed and managed to graft over some more Shiraz in that little block up at our Quinnavale vineyard and. The interesting thing is that even though we're at cool climate, the Coal River Valley is actually quite warm and dry during summer. Yeah. Um, and being a little bit further inland at that vineyard, the nights are really cold. So we get lovely, lovely concentration in our wines. And so that's how we can ripen Syrah. So it's, um, we get there most years with that ripening. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really, we don't make a lot. We only make three barrels. But yeah. yeah, it sells out wow. every year and it's quite delicious. Yeah. yeah, but you'd get that lovely spice coming out, that fine bone tannin structure, and I suppose the natural acidity. So kind of, I guess, more of a, more of a Euro sort of style. Oh, absolutely. We sort of chase that Northern Rhone style of, mm. of Syrah, which is quite concentrated but lovely berry fruit characters and um, none of that white pepper that we sort of used to see in Tassie Shiraz mm. in the yep. early days. Yep. Um, we're sort of really managing the vineyard so that we, and that particular block, so we get lovely ripening um, at the right time as well. Good exposure for the for the berries to the sun, etc. So, um, yeah, we get some nice concentration did, in that. Did, did you get it ripe this year, 22? We did actually, yep. Takes a lot of work in the vineyard, but we definitely got it there. And um, 
Rightness, yeah, is um, it's it's <laughs> it's a term that changes from one year to the next. So the alcohol yeah. itself will be a bit lower this year, but we certainly, I think, in a sort of more underripe Shiraz, you're seeing more white pepper. But we definitely got beyond that and got some lovely concentrated flavours in there. So yeah, pretty excited about this one. La- last question on the Shiraz: When did you yeah. pick it? When? Oh gosh, middle of April. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I, <call it. laughs> I love asking that question. It's such yeah, a great no, question. Yeah, we, um, we've only really just finished harvest. So yeah. it was a long one. Um, there wasn't as much fruit as we have had the last couple of years. So the yield will be down across the state, yeah. um, as is most of southern Australia. Mm. Um, but the quality will definitely be high. So they'll sell out pretty quickly, I'd say. I'd say a lot a lot of your wines are wheel. I, I do already notice even on your website that a lot are just already sold out. Um, for people who haven't, unlike Richo and I, and we've, we've both been fortunate enough to uh, visit your cellar door and it's so beautiful. Um, why don't you tell, uh, you know, I guess this is the, a great opportunity to spruik now that people can uh, can travel and get down to Tasmania. Um, tell us about where it is. So, you know, it's, it's the Coal River area. And what what is it that you guys have on offer? To tell us about the cellar door, accommodation, wood-fired pizzas give us the whole the whole poolies um experience <laughs> oh well you've done a very good job introducing it all there thank you Jill. <laughs> um yeah she's so good at coal that river, <laughs> yeah she is the coal river valley um a lot of people don't quite know where it is so the best way i explain it is when you fly into hobart you fly into the hobart airport which is sort of around the Cambridge um, region, which is about oh, 10 minutes drive into Hobart across the river. So if you go due north from the airport, it's sort of the Coal River Valley lies north to south from there. And it's a long stretch of road um, and covers sort of more inland areas and then more areas that are closer to the sea and get sort of a, a warmer night. So we're located, um, our cellar is in the township of Richmond, which is a historical colonial um, mm. little township, lots of um, beautiful old buildings. but Beautiful um, little spot. Yeah, yeah, it is gorgeous. And it's an old um, 1830s historic farm and it's always been a farm. And my parents took on the property in the early 2000s and it was a vision to um, diversify our wine offering by having a vineyard that was not so further, not so far inland so the frost wasn't as much of a risk viticulturally. So being up on a hill, there's lovely exposure and the vines ripen quite differently. The flavours are really different. So the whole fun about Celador is there's a great experience where you can taste through really the same the same varieties from the two different sites that are only pretty close in, in um, as the crow flies, but viticulturally and from a winemaking perspective, well Very apart. different. So it's, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, we definitely were open seven days from 10 till 5 and we have um, wood-fired pizzas most of the weekends of the year and then sometimes during summer we sort of carry it from right through the week depending on what part of the year it is. Um, and then, yeah, accommodation across the road at the um, the other beautiful 1830s homestead which um, my parents purchased not that long ago, probably five years ago and then they've fully restored it back to its um, it's early glamour and um, it's a beautiful old country country stay and they do beautiful food and accommodation is very comfortable and of course we've got a wide selection of not just our wines but other wines on the wine list as well so you yeah. can dine that's there good and have to, it, you know, it looks incredible yeah. people should jump on the website and have a look at it is it something like 15 rooms is that would that be about yeah, right there's there's um, 11 rooms all up so you can stay in the suite within the actual homestead itself 
Mm. Um, or you can stay in one of the other 10 rooms, which is attached to the building. So, And we have a chef there um, who, who grows and, and cooks a beautiful degustation, and it's very much seasonal and very much locally sourced. So it's a beautiful experience. So, so honestly, yeah, just getting down there, just uh, quickly, Richo, for for a weekend, it just has to be done. One of my um, one of my favourite little moments was being able to sit out, and I don't know if you still have these because it was a couple of years ago, but you'd uh, you'd sit out on the lawn of the gorgeous uh, of your gorgeous winery in very brightly coloured bean bags, <laughs> and you'd have those little picnics. Uh, you grab one of your stunning wines and um, a little platter, and it was uh, it was it was very fun. Um, it was a, it was actually a very beautiful experience and one that remains very strongly in my memory. Oh, that's fabulous. It's something that um, locals, particularly through COVID, have really supported us with. I'd like to shout out to everyone locally in Tassie um, mm. who's been a massive mm. supporter of us. Um, but, yeah, it's a beautiful experience. We really wanted to make it a family experience as well. So, you know, maybe while mum and dad have a taste, the kids can play outside and then yeah. grab a pizza and a glass of wine and whatever bottle you'd like to choose from. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely, lovely experience. And you know what? Hobart is only... 25 minutes drive, if that's from where we are. So yeah. it's beautiful. So close. Beautiful so, so yep. easy. And there's some other great places to visit. Just before we touch on that, I've got a message here from one of our very loyal listeners, Christopher. We love hearing from him. And he's saying he just wants to know the Coinda Vale and Butchers Hill white label Pinots. How are they different from the Orensay, um, Coinda Vale Orensay and Butchers Hill Orensay Pinots? Oh, that's a great question. Thanks, Christopher. Um, <laughs> yes, the Orensay uh, range was released not that long ago and so the the regular single vineyard wines are purely that they are a, a very true definition of um what we believe the site can do yep. um so very different wines of course because they're viticulturally quite different with Quinta Vale being further inland and really cold nights so you get that lovely variation between night and day yep. and then Butcher's Hill is more centrally it's just behind a cellar door there in Richmond yes. it's quite exposed Typically, we pick them about a week apart to 10 days apart. So when that's incredible given that we're in a tiny little region in itself. But that's Amazing. A, a really interesting point. And the wines do look really different. So when Justin and I were sort of – we sort of have really focused on um, really trying to hone in on what each site's personality is by really capturing that in the vineyard and then using our winemaking skills to accentuate that into the finished wine. So um, it takes – many years practice to really get to know what your site can do yeah and then we we became quite confident with both sites we decided to take the wines one step further by not doing anything with them so literally it's a lazy mm. form of winemaking <laughs> yeah the Ronsay wines are 100 percent whole bunch right which means literally we handpick we actually hand select a clone within each of the two vineyards and typically it's the best plot of both sites and then we handpick it we bring it into the winery and literally we tip those bins into an open fermenter. We seal it all up and then we leave it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm telling you some hands-off approach. It literally is that easy. It's hard so to do we, that though. It's hard and it's really a hard. massive leap of faith because yeah. trying a lot of whole bunch wines, they can look really tannic. Yeah, and very green if you haven't got those canes lignifying yeah. or whatever, you know. Exactly. Um, and we tried it in a year. We had lovely lignification in our um, the stalks. And so it was. we sort of knew that it would potentially work. And so what we saw from one day to the next, these, these batch, 
these two batches just fermented naturally, so all wild yeast from the vineyard, which is a beautiful thing as well. Yeah. And then over time, once the, the bunches started to break down and ferment, we, we just saw a completely different array of flavours and aromas, and it was an almost a, a push further in that side expression, and we were absolutely thrilled. Because once again, you know, it's the winemaker taking their hands away from the winemaking as such, but that side expression was so exciting. Fabulous. So much spice. Awesome. So much berry fruit character. And really it was just about finding that, that sort of stage within both of the two batches for each of the two vineyards where that balance was reached, where we'd extracted a lovely tannin concentration to give the wines length, but then they had a lot of personality, <clears throat> excuse me, to express that fruit from that, that particular plot. So... Yeah, the Aronce is a is a clonal site selection down to barrel selection. So, awesome. yeah, three three barrels only for each of the two sites. But it's wow. been fun. We're yeah. doing it every year. <laughs> that does great. sound like fun. That sounds like yeah. heaps of fun. Yeah, we and can well, Christopher. <laughs> Thank you for, for those sort of questions because I swear Anna Christopher does come up with the best, best questions. He's uh, kind of like a, almost so a co-co-host, isn't he, sometimes? Yeah, he is. He <laughs> is. Yeah, he's always him. there. He's great. We've got to get him in the um, studio sometime. I know. I'd love to. Yeah. So, Anna, let's uh, let's just talk about you yourself uh, as a viticulturalist uh, at the moment. Um, uh, one of the one of the reasons why the timing is actually perfect to have you on is that the uh, the um, the shortlist for the Halliday Awards 2023 have just been announced recently, and uh, you and Paulie's have been shortlisted for two. Um, you yourself, the viticulturalist uh, of the year, congratulations, and of course Paulie's is winery of the year. So tell us tell us a little bit about that i mean you must be feeling a little bit chuffed it's super exciting and i must keep mm. correct you there the viticulture of the year is, oh. uh, is hannah mckay our viticulturist oh. who works with us so i do yes, apologize right. no that's okay she's um particularly talented and um very deservedly so with some beautiful wines coming through so it's um been an incredible incredible um ride and we are so thrilled to have been shortlisted amongst some pretty amazing um other finalists through all of the categories um and really we're just so thrilled because we're we've worked so long and so hard with our family estate and we kind of feel like we're we're getting somewhere and every year we see opportunities to um to improve and to to grow and change so it's great because it's been you know it's been nearly 10 years since we moved back to establish the family winery so it's been fantastic yep so tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in that time, who you've been working for, where you've been travelling. Yeah, so prior to um, prior to moving back to Tasmania, um, I worked in the Barossa Valley. So I moved over as a as a straight out of school and studied university in Adelaide to do the winemaking degree then, which was the only full time offering in the country. So I did the four years um, agriculture science degree and then worked straight out of um, uni with Wolf Blast in the Barossa Valley and through Working with a big multinational like that, I was um, exposed to fruit from all over the country um, mm-hmm. and a range of their incredible brands, including Penfolds and um, Wolf Blast and uh, an array of other amazing um, brands. And then really after 10 years working with those guys, I was entrusted with the relaunch of the Heemskirk label, which is a very old um, label, which yes. the company actually owned for a long time but didn't do anything with, and I relaunched it. Um, Graham Wiltshire was the original winemaker from Heemskirt back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and then, so it was a, it really allowed me to come back home <laughs> as such 
with um, with my career and um, to visit growers and some really incredible sites that we were sourcing fruit from. Um, and then when I had my first child, my husband and I were like, well, where do we want to be going forward? And it was the same time that my father was deciding to retire from his um his career and then he wanted to invest in taking the family story that one step further by making the wines in-house um and so yeah between uh, 2013 and now we've just been head down bum up working pretty hard to um to to learn and grow with the vineyards to make changes and um to get to know both the sites and then we also make wine for a range of other beautiful vineyards within Tasmania as well so for us um, creatively, we get to see not just the family state, but fruit from all over the all over the state, which is yeah, an absolute treat. That's awesome, and obviously keeps you extremely busy, as I can see. And look, just just keep pumping out those amazing wines. Uh, just quickly, <laughs> what sort of um, what sort of quantity uh, will you will you reap from the recent vintage? Um, so we were about thirty percent down on thirty to fifty percent down for on average for most of our our growers that we receive fruit from this year. So um, Pooley is the same. We're about um, 30% down. So, um, yeah, it's it's significant, but we are pretty, you know, we are very aware that we are in agriculture and um, seasons like this, uh, we will make something incredible out of it because it's that cool ripening is something we'd prefer over a really hot, quick season. <laughs> um, yes. And this is why we are in Tasmania, so... Yep. yep, that's it. <laughs> uh, the, the wines yeah. are fabulous. We we thank you for that. And if people want to get on board, it's pooleywines.com.au, P-O-O-L-E-Y. Anna Pooley, thank you so much for your time on a Sunday morning. It's wonderful. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys.